please join with me, brothers and sisters, in extending a warm Washington, D.C. vibration. Once again. Tone. Once again, it is Black Broadway Podcast. We are back, yo. Never stop for real, man. Never left, yo, man. For real. I want to say a big, once again, thank you. Big shout outs to any and everybody that ever tuned into an episode of Black Broadway. Anybody that ever came and just checked us out on it or online at our website, blackbroadway.com. Please sign up for the email list. Get down with that. Check us out off a of Twitter link, off an of Instagram link, whatever. People all over the world, man. Just thank y'all for riding with us. We still here. We ain't stopping. DC ain't shut down yet, did it? I don't know. I'm checking. I ain't seen nothing. I ain't hear nothing. So as long as the city rolling, we rolling. And that's how we do, man, for real. Before I even get started on this episode, I got to say, man, you know, I do this one with a little bit of a heavy heart, for real, man. You know, I'm, I lost one of my good good homies man like last week it was just it was just crazy man like this violence that's going on across the nation man everywhere dc ain't special it ain't no worse or better than anywhere else man it's just crazy everywhere man we gotta do better y'all man but this episode is dedicated to my brother man only nigga i know who get fly like me on a regular my man fats man miss you boy rp man went down on on 14th Street last week, I don't know, not not even last week, I want to say, you know, a minute ago, it's like two weeks from now, from this moment where I'm recording it, you know, but it don't matter, feel like it was, it feel like it ain't really happened, it don't even feel real, you know how when somebody die, yo, and that was your man, 100 grand, that's your man, this man, this dude was one of my favorite clients, I'm talking about when I first started cutting on U Street, this is one of my favorite dudes, came to the shop, just always showed love, was fly, was cool, younger dude than me, and I was just like, man, you my nigga, man, you know what I'm saying, and he admired my style, it was just like, yo, nah, you that nigga, I was like, that's what's up, man, respect, so from that point, man, we just been homies, man, seen this cat everywhere I go, but you know, I hear about it, and I'm just like, nah, this can't be for real. I go do the research, you know how motherfuckers turn into real investigative journalists when shit like that happens, so we on all the media outlets, I'm looking, I see the name, and I had no idea, man, R.I.P., yo, I had no idea my man's name was Delaney Epps, yo, so wow, that's my man, Delaney Epps, aka Fats, man, my guy, 100 grand, man, I had no idea, man, it still, it wasn't even real, like, it was like, Nah, my nigga name ain't Delaney. Like, my nigga name 
Chris. That nigga named Raheem or some shit. Nah. Nah, man. It's just, it's too much, man, out here. It's too much of that going on. So I, I dedicate this episode. I dedicate the rest of my career trajectory to Fats and the brothers like Fats, man. That was really out here and that was really somebody out here, man. They got their whole life taken from them on some bullshit. You know, you lose your whole life out here. Like, yo, these people, like, not just the system, the police, but just savages in general, just fucking killers do this shit, man. Like, it's people out, it's cats out here. The dude who did this got caught three minutes later. So his life flushed down the fucking toilet, too, for nothing. I mean, you gonna wake up in the bay and be like, what the fuck was that even all about? You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is stupid, man. Like, we gotta stop. We gotta do better, you know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is... With the attacks on us from the outside, we can't be weakening our ranks from the inside like this, man. It's, it's important that we don't fuck up like this, man. That we stop letting ourselves defeat ourselves, man. So, like I said, this episode dedicated to Fast. This whole project, this whole project called Life is dedicated... To all the brothers who ain't make it. To all the cats who, you know what I'm saying, was struck down in their prime. Or before they even had their prime. Over some bullshit, man. We gonna do it for you. Somebody got to. They can't kill us all. Somebody gotta keep it fly. So we on it, man. Pats, I got you, man. I got you fast. So, with that being said. Got another brother who I do got, you know, shout out. And this is another... Again, unfortunate circumstance, but like I said, man, hey, yo, life is real. Life has been real. Like, we'll get into all of that <clears throat> as this episode progresses, but yo, life has been real. So, man, my guy, my homie, I don't know, we just want to call him C right now. My man C in the junk down in um Florida, man, FLA, man. This man in the state down there, but he's our man from up here. He but he a Miami dude originally, man. But anyway, my man got his technology game up. Called me up, man. We rapped for a minute. Like, I mean, just had a good a good moment to talk, man. I know they threw these numbers at this man like they did, man. Like, yo, mandatory minimum sentencing and mass incarceration and all of that. That shit is a reality to this day for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Big shout out to President Obama. For making it possible for 6,000 nonviolent drug offenders to come home this year. That's huge. You know what I'm saying? But that's a drop in the bucket. We got 2.4 million people locked up right now, incarcerated in, the, in America. This shit don't make no sense, man. But my man C hit me up, man. <laughs> got me on the phone. He hit me like, yo, man, hit my Facebook page, my nigga. I'm like, all right, cool. I got you. Other day, man, this fool sent me like five pictures. He and the joke, man, built up, tatted up. Like, yo, come on. <laughs> Throwing it big. But that's my man, yo, for real, man. I know, I know that brother doing fine. He holding his head up, man, even though they trying to hit this man with some oppressive numbers. Let's just say, man, those numbers is not cool, man. I ain't going, you know, put too much bids out there, but my man. They trying to hit my man with some shit with though, you know, we going to be in a whole different phase of life when he come home. And I don't want that to be the case, man. I, I really hope that, you know, through the appeals process, through the process of just, like, really examining 
who the real criminals are in America. He can get some justice, and we can all move on, man. But big shout out to C, man. Come on, yo. You my brother. If you getting this, if you get a chance to listen to this shit, man, shout out to you, B. You that nigga, man. You had it locked out here when we was out here. And whoever don't know that, fuck him. Because <laughs> it was lit. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But yeah, man, those my dedications, man. That's who, that's who, you know, we doing this thing for. Them and anybody that anybody that's listening to this know that's like them. And anybody that don't know anybody like them and doesn't deal with anything like that in their life. So they can understand that you can be into that side of life and you can have all these experiences, but you can still come out on the other side and be somebody like me and like Vito and be cultured and be responsive and be into a whole lot of different things because your life is more well-rounded than that. You don't let one particular set of circumstances define you. You got to create your own circumstances out here, create your own reality, you know what I'm saying? And that's what Black Broadway is about, man. But at the same time, I'm going to give I'm going to give respect to reality cuz Reality done had me on my ass out here, man. It's just been crazy, 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 man. But we can talk about it. We can pull it up. I guess we got to start from the beginning. Just on a base level of bullshit. <coughs> Suck-ass niggas broke in my car and stole my whole microphone. So I'm like, niggas, I mean, I'm out here invested in myself. Buy like a really nice blue Yeti USB microphone to do my podcast on. And like, I'm coming home every day and I'm wilding, first of all, because I'm treating my car like it's some type of fucking vault or something. Like, you know, it's got the good alarm, you know, nobody's breaking into my shit. If they do, you know, it's going to be real obvious. It's not going to be nothing like, you know, I'm not leaving anything on my seats or anything like that. I'm not giving anybody any incentive to break into my car or so I thought these assholes of course it's, you got haters is watching you so somebody been watching me and they see that I go to my car every day and I pull stuff out of the trunk I put stuff in the trunk you know what I'm saying and that's really like my equipment like I ain't even I ain't got no work <laughs> so like I don't know what you really thought you was getting but they just you know they do it for something so haters one night decided to break in the whip I don't even know how they got in because they didn't break the window. I was I was actually low-key excited about that. I was like, eh, y'all niggas are all right. At least they didn't break the window. <laughs> but they didn't break the window, broke in the whip, went directly to the trunk. Didn't even really concern themselves with a lot of the stuff that was in the car. They took a little piece of weed that I had sitting in my fucking uh, box or whatever, my little um, armrest box. I was patty. Fuck-ass niggas. Could have at least left the weed. Whatever. Went in the trunk, hit me up, got my microphone, got a, a bottle of Tito's vodka, it was pretty good. Um, the Stussy jacket that I loved, I didn't even get the bus it yet, it was a little Stussy like trench raincoat, man, it was tight. Uh, a pair of Kobe's that I never fucking wore, never even wore those Kobe's, the niggas got them, like, so sad. And... You know, just other little miscellaneous odds and ends. It wasn't really nothing I could really put my put my finger on that was super <clears throat> important or super valuable that they got other than the mic. And at first, I was like, oh, that's nothing, whatever. 
But then I was like, damn. Yo, these niggas really took my microphone. And I was like, kind of kind of upset about that shit for a minute. Then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go get another one. But nah, I had to go the fuck out of my way to get that microphone. I'm not like a, a, a order shit from Amazon kind of guy. Like, I totally like to go to the store. I had the whole experience. I had a whole experience when I bought this microphone. I, man, I worked these motherfuckers at the counter and everything. I mean, I'm talking about I negotiated the best possible price for this microphone and got a free stand and all of that. Like, it was lit. And a free bag. I took the fucking bag. Fuckers. Anyway. Man, got my shit, man. So, that shit happened. And it was kind of upsetting to me. Put me off for a minute. Not even so much to say that that's responsible for the delay in podcasting. Not at all. I definitely could have and eventually did go out and buy another mic. You know, whenever I wanted to. But making the time and putting in the actual effort was something that, you know, it, it would have took a little bit more of a toll on me. And I wasn't even really trying to do it at the time. I wasn't. That shit is, that shit is lame, but it's true. That's why we call this the vent, because I'm going to keep it a thou. That's really what happened. So I'm like, hey, here we go with this shit. So microphone gets stolen. I'm not tripping, though. I'm just, life goes on, right? So, yeah, like we said, life goes on. Now, I forget that, oh, I got a son, and he's eight years old now, so he's in, that make him in third grade, right? Yep, third grade, and I know for myself personally, I've been alive a little while now, 30 plus years out here, and uh, the most trouble, for real, like almost in my whole life I can remember being in, was in third grade. That shit was it. I, like, never went to recess in third grade. I, like, never got a chance to do, like, fun. I wrote all the time. I was in so much trouble. And I was like, damn, son. I don't want this for you, but uh, it's about to be your life if you keep fucking around. And it's only October. You bullshitting. Like, you got a whole year to turn this around, but you got to stop. You got to start now. So I'm on his back. I'm like working with him and all this, that, and the third, man. Teachers calling me. Teachers text you now. You know what I'm saying? They text you. They're like, yo. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I don't barely want to answer texts from people that I, I really, 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 really like. Much less a teacher that I don't even know. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Can't believe this shit. But they texting you, B. They, they will text you. They texted me at work a couple times. Man, I was like, oh, it's too early in the school year for this shit. So, yeah, I'm like full-blown parenting out here, man. Third grade third grade parent struggles is fucking hilarious. Like, one day we'll have a, a full talk about that with some, with some similarly afflicted souls. You know what I'm saying? Because it's real shit out here, especially as a father. Like, that's kind of... More or less what we really need to talk about, like, you know, like being a black dad and remembering, if you can remember how public schools, if that's your experience, if you can remember how public schools and just education in general was just like totally not tailored or catered towards you really, really succeeding. And you saw other people in much more ideal situations and setups to like really blow and succeed. And it wasn't really in the cards for you like that just because of where your zip code was. You know what I'm saying? It's really fucked up. But 
I seen all of that, and now I'm trying to like politic around that and like put my son in the best position. You know, we trying to elbow our way into the zip codes, and they still playing dirty. We not, mm-mm, no, we not gonna fuck around. That's just because they just change the game on you all the time. They just move the goalposts. That's all. So you got to keep up with the game. You got to keep up with the movements, and that's it. And that's all, man. It's a lot of shit that was that was going on. But anyway, like I said, that's. Just a part of reality kicking me in my ass and letting me know, like, yo, fuck you think you are. <laughs> like, chill out for a second. And also, along with some jewels that my brother Vito Bronson dropped on me just in a conversation we had earlier today. Just about, like, you know, you don't win the Super Bowl in week five, man. You know what I'm saying? And you got to know where you are and, like, respect the perspective of where you are and where you're coming from right now, you know? And I'm not... I really appreciate that and respect him for telling me that because this brother know me forever, man. This is my man, 100 grand, for real. Like, this is a dude who i know since, man, what, eighth grade, maybe eighth or ninth grade, you know what I'm saying? We met each other where we used to, we used to and still will bust anybody down on some rap shit, but that's a whole other story, but that's where our original creative outlet was and that's what originally you know what i'm saying brought me to my epiphany that i gotta connect with the people like i got a story to tell i got a message you know what i'm saying like rapping and shit it went so far away from telling a story and so far away from having a message that at a certain point even though i'm still nicer than anybody you know I don't give a fuck about being a rapper. Fuck a rapper. Like, fuck them niggas, for real. <laughs> but it's a lot of niggas out here that can rap and that's trying to do it the right way and that's doing it for the right reasons. And I respect that. But for the most part, the game is just about... It's like selling crack. It's like it's like any other hustle. It's just like, all right, yo, man, get that work. Just stay in the studio Pay the, pay the niggas in the studio. They basically the plug. Any nigga with an MPC and a microphone in the bathroom and some cords and, you know, some space is the plug. That's where you go cook up at. All right. Now, let's just flood the market. Somebody going to buy it. You're right. Somebody is going to buy it. You're going to make some money. If you make a little bit of money and you got a little bit of sense, you can put those two things together and you can, you can blow. I, I get it. I understand. But fuck all that rap shit. Anyway, me and my man Vito Bronson, we rappers. We real rappers. We real niggas who will always be able to have a serious rap battle no matter how old we get. And that's a fact. But anyway, that's my brother. He gave me a lot of little pieces about, you know, how what I want to do as far as Black Broadway is concerned and as far as like being in the media is concerned. It's going to be accomplished like a little bit at a time, just step by step, inch by inch. And I got to really like focus on the process more so than looking good within the process, you know, which is kind of against my nature because I'm always about looking good and about like the look and about the like the, the presentation of things. But, you know, I'm also equally about the work, but sometimes those two don't coincide. Like, a lot of shit that you got, a lot of the work that I got to put in and the shit I got to do is not sexy. That shit will not have me at Marvin's on Monday. That shit will not have me at, you know, wherever you partying at this weekend, whatever, whatever. Like, just because I got to do this or I got to do that. And 
it's a lot of people that understand that, but then there's a lot of people that's comfortable with that only to a certain extent. They they'll do that, but only to a certain extent. I feel like I don't. I found myself being one of those people. I don't want to be one of those people. I'm taking this shit to the top, yo. And you know that. We all know that, man. It's my brother, and I thank him for putting that back into perspective for me because that shit was mad serious and like you know it, it gave me a lot of um, a lot of perspective on you know what I need to do moving forward and shit like with our podcast goals and all of that so like I said we're gonna talk about all of that in this episode man this is called the vent yo this is the vent I already did a little bit of venting right now got a little bit of shit on my shit that's just a little shit that's, that's the shit that's kind of kept me away from the microphone for the last couple of weeks or whatever. And that's like a slight bit. <sighs> I feel better. I dead ass do. So now I think, yo, yeah, since, you know, since we last spoke or whatever, you know, it's been a lot of things happened, a lot of cool, a lot of, fuck that, a lot of historic shit has happened since the last time, you know, I had the privilege of Blessing the Black Broadway podcast platform. So, you know, I just happen to be at some of that shit. You know, life ain't never that crazy. Like, I'm always going to be there. You ain't never there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out with the squad. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of great things. And I'm, I'm really glad to be a Washingtonian. Really glad that I'm in this area and that I got to participate and I got to embark on some of this cool shit, man. I think what, what the first thing that was really dope Landmark Festival, man. Landmark Festival was ill because I didn't expect for it to be as big as it was. And it was, it turned out to be big. Now, I heard a lot of tickets was getting comped at the door and all this, that, and the third, but whatever. I mean, it was, Landmark Festival was essentially a fundraiser for the National Park Service. So it wasn't really about, like, um, you know, selling out. It wasn't a Ticketmaster or a Ticketflyer or a Live Nation even. It wasn't really it wasn't really promoted or sold in that manner. So for what it was, the turnout was incredible. And I mean, everybody gave great shows. Like I seen all the Drake footage, Drake killed out there. They had the fucking fireworks wow, shooting off on 395. You know what I'm saying? Like they really did it out there down in um, West Potomac Park, like really right down there by the Tidal Basin. It was a good look, man. It was actually cool for the city. I don't know if they're going to do it again because, again, like I said, it's a fundraiser. If, you know, they can get the permits together and the National Park Service is down, they could do it again, maybe bring somebody else, some more talent, some more acts. That would be a good look. I think the city would appreciate it for real. I think everybody would like that, yo, like, the second day was lit as well. Like, the sec- I, they kind of, like, demographized, or if that's a word. Or they tried to split the crowd up by demographics. They tried to, like, have, like, all the urban acts or all the black acts, all right? Fuck it. All the black acts on one day. And they had all the, you know, ma- more mainstream major white acts on a second day. Like, they had strokes and churches. Like, and hey, I love the Strokes, man. Like, I've always loved the Strokes. I've loved the Strokes since the first time I heard them, you know? Like, the first time I seen Julia Casablancas, I was like, that's like a white me right there. <laughs> like, that's my, that's my fucking spirit animal right there, man. Like, leather, drugs, you know, well-fitting jeans, and really, 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 really nice-looking women. 
I'm with this guy. I, I know what this guy is on. I, I relate. I relate 110%. <laughs> Shit is speaking to my soul. So, like I said, I've always loved the Strokes. I've always loved their music, and they were the headlining act for the second day of the Landmark Festival. Um, Churches was on the bill. A couple of other bands that I'm not as familiar with, but still great shows. Great look for the city, man. So that was tight. Um, Art All Night was um, popped off too. Uh, Art Night. Um, I, I can't remember it in French because I don't speak French, but all of my French listeners, you know what time it is. That's what they called it. Art Night in French. And it was beautiful, right? It was a lot more uh, expansive this year. It went all over the city. It went like to southeast. It was in um, lower northwest. It was all, of course, it was all over Shaw. That's where it originally started at. It, went, it even spread over the northeast to uh, 8th Street. So it was a really, really dope look, man. 8th Street Festival was great. That happened since the last time. That was huge. I mean, they had 8th Street Festival literally from like 3rd Street to like 3rd and H to like 14th and H. And if you know the city, that's pretty much that's almost about a mile like maybe a little bit more that's a lot of land and uh they had it covered with vendors and stages and live entertainment it was lit it was like it was something it was something to behold it was the last of the great city uh street fairs street festivals you know we don't got georgia avenue day no more we don't really got u street day no more you don't really got Adams Morgan Day anymore, like they didn't block off the street this year, so it didn't really happen in the way that it usually happens, it was just like, you know, a different kind of thing, this city was different this year, as far as uh, street festivals go in the summertime, but they still had it up, um, oh, of course, Howard University homecoming, yeah, that happened, yo, it rained, what, what else is new, you know what I'm saying, it rained every year on Howard University homecoming, I don't know why anyone expects anything different, but uh, Future came through, I had to tell that, I couldn't even go to the Future show though, I couldn't even go, like I just did, I, I actually was invited, but I didn't go because one, I didn't want to drive all the way over to Echo stage, that's a pain in the ass, and two, I was over at Black Whiskey washing niggas up on the pool table. <laughs> washing niggas up, ran the whole house over there, ask about it, yeah, you know what it is, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good time, it was a good time, man, so, that was like, my Howard Homecoming weekend, it was a nice time, man, just a lot of, a lot of cool little fun vibes going on in the city, and then, like I said, man, some um, events of historic import, like, happening right now, right in our hometown, um, Stevie Wonder came through and popped off with the free concert. I don't know if that was before or after I took a little break. I don't know, but that was important, man. Stevie Wonder came through and popped off with the free concert, like, in the morning, like, somewhere in RFK over there by the old Redskins Stadium, RFK, and that was tight, but then he came back and he performed at the Verizon Center. Uh, he did basically the entirety of, uh, Songs in the Key of Life. And man, yo, you gotta, you gotta see Stevie Wonder, man. He's a national treasure. Like he's, he's one of those people that really, you're gonna be proud to say that you lived in a time when Stevie Wonder was creating music and performing his magic out here, man. For real, it's, it's definitely a dope thing, man. Important. 
historically important, musically important, and entertaining. So that's all of those things wrapped up in one, man. But uh, before we even wrap up our thing about events, we cannot forget about the appearance, pardon me, we cannot forget about the occurrence of the 20-year anniversary of the Million Man March in Washington, D.C., which was celebrated by the Justice or Else rally led by Minister Farrakhan on the National Capitol stairs on like, what's that? I guess that's the West Front of the National Capitol stairs. And it was just like where it was in the original Million Man March gathering. It was significantly less people, but the vibe and the energy was just as powerful. It was just as powerful, if not even more so, because it was a lot more senses out. You know what I'm saying? I remember 20 years ago, like I was a young boy. I was like a young teenager, like a real young teen, early teenager. And I was like just looking around. The main thing I remember, like I said, is I met all my favorite rappers that day. That shit was tight. I met all my favorite rappers that day. Today, that I mean, not today, but uh, this time around, not so much. But, I mean, brothers was out there. It was cast out there. You know, they, I saw them on the camera on the Jumbotron. They just might not have been in the sections where me and my son was at. But it was beautiful to take my son. The minister said a real good, powerful message. He had the people wrapped up. Like, people literally didn't leave. Nobody left. Nobody clocked out early. It was just tight to see, like him have this crowd so quiet you could hear a pin drop you could hear a baby wail like it was that real like we was just and me and my son we just standing there like listening i got him on my shoulders you know it's just a real it's a heartwarming moment you know what i'm saying million man march justice else rally it was one of those things that there was a lot of information offered in that speech and i don't know why people expect fucking louis farrakhan to have some type of fucking answers for your ass but like if you can't pick up something from wise from a man who has lived the type of life of protest and rebellion that he has and has spoken about it for as many years as he's done, then you just stupid. Like, you need to just listen to Farrakhan just because the wisdom of a man who's lived that many years in outward rebellion against the government and the system is worth listening to. He ain't get to be there by accident. And he's not standing on here cooling or none of that shit. You'll listen to a, you'll listen to Colin Powell before you listen to Louis Farrakhan. And that sounds crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the minister. Shout out to everybody who agree with him. Shout out to everybody who don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't agree with everything the minister is about either. And that doesn't make him any less of a great man to me. As a matter of fact, I don't know nobody that I agree with everything that they ever did. Like, some of my heroes, I could be like, man, he was on that bullshit with that. He was totally wrong. And that's okay. Like, you got to realize, like, life is not made of one-dimensional characters, man. This life is, is bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? It's a, And it's a lot of people in the world, to quote another brother who was in town this week. And that was a really great thing. Yo, all my Black Broadway listeners, I strongly suggest that you go out and you get Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates and read it. And read it deeply and read it like, you know, sensitively. Read it like a novel. Don't read it like a, a reference book. Like, you're not going to get, like, these indisputable facts and hard truths from this book. What you're going to get is, like, a look at how 
one black man look at the world. Read that shit. Check it out. It's dope, for real. And Ta-Nehisi Coates was in town this week. He was actually speaking at Howard University, Crampton Auditorium. Went and saw him, went and checked him out. He had a conversation with one of my, another one, of a brother who I, I look up to and I admire his work greatly, uh, Dr. Greg Carr. He is um, one of the most longest tenured professors at Howard University. He teaches Africana studies and all types of African-American awareness and so on and so forth, man. We need to know where we're coming from in order to know where we're going. And he's in charge of educating some of the young minds up at Howard University. You know, I got a little cousin up there, so I'm I'm definitely proud of everything that they're doing up there. Um, I was glad to be able to be in the building. I was glad to be welcomed and embraced and allowed to sit in and soak this up. You know, that was for free, you know. I'm just a cat off the streets from Uptown, so... Shout out to Howard University for just even being there, for real, and allowing that to happen. But Ta-Nehisi Coates said, you know, uh, there's always been a certain amount of people that want to push the world off the ledge, and then there's a certain amount of people that want to push it back and kind of get it back more towards the center. I just like to be in the latter group, and... That's really all it is, man. You know what I'm saying? All this other shit, man. Everybody's trying to do and all this reality TV hype and, you know, fake celebrity and we so popping, we the blah, blah, blah boys, man. Who gives a fuck? For real, for real, man. I'm just trying to make my contribution to making the world a better place and teach my seeds and try to ensure that everyone that's in my circle does the same and get the fuck up out of here. You know what I'm saying? For real, because, yo, life is real, man. This shit is very, very real. And we don't have a lot of time, I do. So we don't have that shit to waste. Like, nobody has time to waste. And I got to say, like, I mean, I was already feeling that way. But Fat's death definitely sparked it in me even heavier, man. You know what I'm saying? It just made me feel like, yo. We gotta get this shit right, man. So, I tell you, that's why I'm back out here on this microphone once again. Me and my son, we had a great day. We went and rode out to Rockville. I ain't been to Rockville in forever. Went out Rockville and got a new fucking blue studio microphone. Fuck you, haters. Can't stop me, nigga. Still, whatever. You can't hold me back. I'm out here. Brand new mic. And you ain't getting this one. So, Gia, one time for your mind, Black Broadway, episode two, U Street Fresh, your boy Kill, out here riding dolo, man, we're going to take a quick break, play some music, I'm going to spark this spliff, man, I've been talking too much, like, that's what I miss about having my co-host, I could, I could spark, and it wouldn't be any dead air, like, I, I can't do that here, you got to keep this thing going, so... We're going to take a break so I can spark, so I can get everything popping. And uh, we're going to come back with the vent. Because the vent's real. You know what I'm saying? The vent's brief, but the vent's real. So we're going to do it. Black Broadway. Bitch good looking, my bitch good looking, my dope in the bushes, I know how to cook, yeah, 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 yeah. 
this is the episode where we don't, we just let that shit go, man. It's a lot of shit, man. It's just been ah, pent up, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just hard, yo. And to be real, like, I don't have nobody to talk to about this shit because I feel like the general perception of me is that I don't have no fucking problems or something. Like, yo, who's that guy? Oh, he's good. He's he's not worried about much. He's he's not a he's not a da. And I don't even know what people think about me. That's not really my job. But I just feel like the way I'm treated is that like you know, I don't really have no problems. And I mean, okay, yes, I owe a lot of that owes itself to the fact that that's the kind of the way I would like to be perceived. But you know, people that really know a nigga, I'll be like, yo, you know. I'll be tight out here, or it's not even even tight like in any type of real jams. It's just the fact the pressure of life, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'll just be like, man, when am I gonna let this shit out? You know what I'm saying? When am I just tell niggas like, yo, so here's what the fuck's going on, yo? And I figured, hey. What better opportunity than on my podcast, which I haven't been fucking with for a second because I've been so caught up in life's bullshit and fucking around, man. This has been ridiculous. You know, if you only knew the halves, son, I got stories of ridiculousness that I could, we could sit up here for hours and talk about, but, you know, I'm not trying to get too personal or too deep with any of that of that. Like, maybe one day. We'll have fun. But for right now, I'm going to talk about the most personal and deep shit that I could possibly talk about, which is me and what I am going with this shit. <laughs> like, yo, I got to change my whole my whole life, son. Like, for real. Like, my entire life, I have to, like, sort of, like, just readjust. And it's a weird understanding. But... It's self-imposed. It's not like I gotta change my life because my life sucks. It's like I gotta change my life because I want my life to be better and be different and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, if I was a nigga who was comfortable with what little bit of, you know, country I got as far as, like, the things that I can do, and it's stuff that a lot of people, other people can't do for whatever that's worth. But if I was a person that was comfortable with that, then... I would be that guy, and, you know, I guess by societal standards, I would be cool like that. wouldn't be, you know, anything to be ashamed of, but for me, I couldn't live like that, so, like, I'm just, like, trying to find exactly what are my parameters, what exactly do I want to do, what I'm, what am I really doing for real, and I know, and I, I figured it out by now, after, you know, 10 plus years of doing what I do as far as being a barber is concerned, and being one of the best fucking barbers, period, for real. Like, fuck all that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to always be that nigga when it comes to cutting hair. But, like, that's not what I would necessarily want to go down as when I, you know, envision what my life was going to be. And, I mean, it's much deeper than that, who I am behind that chair and what I do behind that chair to just simply a haircut, I don't never simplify it to that, but I know that my contribution is larger than that, so my contribution, a part of that is this, 
a part of that is actually recording and documenting the shit that I've been through. Like I said, man, my man Fats, yo, that was my nigga, man. Like, I mean, I seen this dude. I'm, I'm not sure. I always think about it, man. If I didn't see Fats graduate high school, then I know it was like a year after that that we met. And then, like, I seen this man go through all of these different chambers in life, all these kids, like, different jobs and shit. Like, everywhere I go, I see this motherfucker working there. Like, you know what I'm saying? We go everywhere. He's like, nigga, we working too? All right. This is up. I'm going to be back. That's how you go back. That nigga don't work there no more. <laughs> that is fucking life, yo. I mean, that's real. And that's just the shit that I have. Those are the experiences that I have. Those are the experiences that I want to, like, share more with, like, the regular world. I feel like there's a lot more people that can relate to that particular slice of life than can relate to some super dramatized, super violent, crazy shit. It's some wild shit going on out here. And, like, maybe I'm desensitized. Like, I'm not going for it. I didn't know this shit was that crazy until I started, like, looking at my situation from a more objective standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just was in it. So I never really felt like, oh, man, this shit is fucked up or anything. I mean, I knew it was fucked up, but I was just like, I couldn't really quite understand how. <laughs> Until I stepped outside, I was like, oh, shit. So you mean that's not normal that everybody that I know has been to jail or is in jail? You mean that's not particularly normal oh okay all right now i'm starting to look at things you know more objectively and you start to be like oh shit there's a whole entire segment of the population that doesn't really deal with the same bullshit like and not to say that you can become a particular member of that population but how can i live that life I can't, I won't never be them, but I need that life. I need that life for me and my kids. Like, we can't be out here bullshit, man. We under attack. Like, how how you not under attack? You know what I'm saying? And that's like, that's like the struggle. Like, where you try and get from like being under attack to not being under attack. You know what I'm saying? When are you able to attack? You know what I'm saying? And like, um, you know, I've been in my life, I've been blessed enough to be in some positions to attack more so than other people have, but then I'm always, like I said, back in that defensive position too, like I'm under attack a lot as well. So, <clears throat> it's just about figuring out what I'm going to dedicate myself to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm really changing my career because, like, I see where... The service industry in Washington, D.C. is going, and I see the high-end services that people is going to pay for, but also I see, like, the the toll that places on you, because that shit don't, it don't have nothing in it. It's no heart in that shit at all. It's just getting money, and, like, niggas can't tell me anything about getting money when it comes to doing this. That's real talk. So, I'm like, damn, man, like, is that all there is to it? I guess, like, you know, I mean, I, you can get more money, but will it be more, will it, will it have more character, will it have more depth to it, fuck no, so, you know, what are you gonna do, 
you're going to go ahead and just, you know, live. And you're going to get money and you're going to pursue your interests. So that's why I'm taking more of a serious approach than ever towards journalism in general and podcasting specifically. Uh, I went to see uh, I went to see Ta-Nehisi Coates this week, man, and he was really he was really talking that shit. He was like he was at the he was at Crampton Auditorium at Howard University, and he was really talking about how like we just gotta make our contribution to the world and be at peace with it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta study. You gotta sharpen your sword. You gotta sharpen. I, I hope I'm not misquoting the brother because I really really have. A lot of respect for this dude. Hold this dude in high esteem. You know what I'm saying? As an author and just the way he, he, his voice articulates his black experience. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's close to mine. It's similar enough. It's not exact, but it's close enough. You know what I'm saying? I relate. So I'm like, okay. I like what he's talking about here. And he was just saying, man, you got to sharpen your sword and dedicate that shit to your people, to your cause. Like, whatever you're doing, Get to be the best at it. Be a beast at this shit. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be a beast at this broadcasting thing. Like, I want to be able to get on any microphone anywhere in the world and, you know, be able to communicate to people. Like, I want to communicate. I want to be a better communicator. I went to college and shit, fucked around and went for political science. I should have went for communications. Like, <laughs> that was definitely always the goal. But... You know, I feel like for a guy who talks a whole fucking lot, like I'm kind of a notoriously bad communicator. So that's really some shit that I'm working on right now. And maybe just having this moment of clarity on this podcast uh, help, you know, further that agenda. (laughs) Like, fuck it. Um, Man, it's just been so much shit, man. There's been so many things going on. Like, I... I'll be honest, fuck that shit, man. Like, I had a wall. Like, I had a wall within, like, myself and within what what impressed me that I was able to pull off. Like, what what got me kind of like, oh, okay, I could pull this off, I could pull that off. Like, no. Then I hit a wall where I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to do this to pull that off. No, no. I don't know, because that's, maybe I'm not trying to extend myself that far, maybe I'm not trying to, you know, expose myself or make myself that vulnerable, but that's bullshit, man, like, (laughs) that's not how we gonna get it, that's not how we gonna get it, and that's not how I'm gonna get it, like, I realize, like, I just gotta go hard with this shit, like, the whole thing is, you know, it's taking a big-ass risk. It's taking a big-ass chance. I can't even, I feel like I'm taking a big-ass chance at this particular podcast right now. Because, like, I'm sitting up here. I'm not really fully charged up and fully amped. Because, you know, I'm trying to let my son sleep and shit. I'm trying to keep it low. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really amped up where I need to be quote unquote to be on the air but it's, this is deeply personal and I wanted to do this right here right now because like this shit is important man it's time to get out here and be real with my audience and be real with myself like yo fuck this man like 
I really got I got some goals and I got an agenda here, and you know having like a guest on and shit every week is cool and all that, but like this shit is really about like what our mission is at Black Broadway. This shit is about who we are, who I am, who motherfucking Vito Bronson is, who like anybody else who I officially introduce you to and be like, yo, this is Black Broadway. We got some core, you know, parts that is not really being spoken of right now. That's not really what we're here to do. What we're here to do is put this whole entire thing together. Like, I'm over here. I'm the voice. It's, it's my thing. All right, cool. Yeah, I put this thing together. Fine. Now, what we going to do with it? Where we going to go? What do we want to do with Black Broadway? You know what I'm saying? You want to have a a brand, you want to make it like <clears throat> a network, what do, you, what, what do I want to do, and those are the questions that I got to ask myself, those are the questions that, you know, I find myself in, in a leadership position, I just find myself being like, damn, I, I really have to have answers for this shit before I keep on proceeding on in a certain path, I know one thing, it's all about sharpening the sword. So you got to get practice. You got to keep going. You got to keep doing this shit. Like, I don't know if motherfuckers is going to be bored to fucking death listening to me talk right now about some shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, hey, if they are, that's cool too because it's not a problem for me to take criticism and to take, you know, better notes and be able to do this and be able to hold an audience and be able to keep people engaged, you know what I'm saying, but for right now, I got some shit I'm just trying to get off my chest, so either you with me or you not, fuck it, and we riding, like, this is just what we gotta do, like, it's it's one of those things, man, I took a lot of notes today, I went up uh, to my old school little think spot, I went up to uh, Banneker Field, and... I like to sit up there and I just sit on those steps, some concrete steps, and I, and I think. You know, so I've been doing that shit since I was in fucking high school, for sure. And, like, I had a lot of little, I had a lot of epiphanies. Like, I had, you know, I had a lot of things that came across my mind. And a few of them I had to write down. Let me see. Like, oh, I had a more, I had a whole entire stream of consciousness about, you know, giving and how we gotta, as Black Broadway, if we're out here and we represent in D.C., like, what are we offering to the community? Like, everybody can talk, anybody can say something. Like, I, okay, what, what do I have to give? I don't have much, but I got a lot more than a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't have much, but what I got, I'm sure I can give some of it, I'm sure. Because there's so much areas where there's need. There's no reason that somebody who's in a reasonably good position in any level, in any lane of life, shouldn't have anything to offer to someone who just needs a hand up, who's all the way out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was thinking to myself, like, I ain't never had a whole lot of any one particular thing. But I've definitely had a little bit damn near everything, man. I've really had, I've been blessed to have a little bit of all of the things that make you a well-rounded person and that make you an asset and not a liability. 
in life. So being an asset, you know, it's responsibility in that shit, man. You gotta go out and, and do. You gotta go out and do shit. You gotta go out and represent. So it's it's heavy. Like it ain't it ain't easy. Like if I when I jump out here and I said I was doing the podcast, like in the time that I wasn't doing it, those couple of weeks, man. People are running up to me, and this is like subtly, like, yeah, so, you know, so with the podcast, my nigga, you know, all right, you good? <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm like, cool, 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 I get it, I get it. I, I mean, what can I say, you know what I'm saying? I had real shit going on, and like I said, I don't be having nobody to tell none of this shit to no more, like, I'm, I feel like future in a lot of ways, like. You know, you do what you pop, but you pop, you do what you want when you pop it, but you actually can only do that shit because you're popping. Like you can't really do what you want. <laughs> like, it's it's a paradox. I don't know. I can't explain it. You know what I'm saying? But I get it, my nigga. Trust me. Like you know what I'm saying. So anyway, we got a lot of shit going on. Whereas though, I had a lot of things pent up. I had a lot of thoughts that I was having and a lot of um you know just basically realizations about this podcast as well um one of the things I realized is that you know even though like this is definitely a platform to showcase DC's best and brightest and like give everybody a shot to do flat shit like yo this shit is about the real niggas it's, it's about at the end of the day showcasing what it's like to be a creative in new DC to highlight the real creatives from historical and old school DC who really paved the way for any of this new shit that's going on right now that you know we call it creative but you know back in the day it was just being an artist you know but anyway all of that in old DC and to chronicle the experience of a young black man through these times of uh, real life gentrification, yo, and like, hey, I'm a I'm a young black male trying to raise a, a son in a city that used to be all black when I was little. Now for him being little, it's like <sighs> it ain't. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, man. What do we What do we do, yo? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do how do we navigate this? What's the What are the spaces that can you know get you a little bit more acclimated to seeing what this is like and like you know seeing that there's black people that do this shit too like just cause you like art you don't gotta be over here you could be over there with us it was a whole community of us before they even came here you know what I'm saying and it's just kinda like highlighting that for like people that's in D.C. that's not in D.C. you know what I'm saying like Whatever, anybody that's listening to Black Broadway, anybody click on SoundCloud or iTunes and be like, yo, it's Black Broadway, what's this about? You know, I'm your host. I can walk you through that. I can I can tell you a thing or two about a thing or two of those. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we represent. We just, it's about representing something. Like, it ain't about being cool and fucking shit like that. I'm already cool, motherfucker. It ain't about that. What it's about is like being relevant and being like respons socially responsible you know what I'm saying like saying something that people can benefit from in some way shape or form I mean 
I spoke on this a little bit earlier, like, with this rap shit. Like, I really, really love rap. I really love hip-hop, yo. That's my shit, like, that's that's the shit that got me through high school. Got me, fuck high school. That shit got me through junior high school. Got me through high school. Got me through college. Just being a rapper, being nice, having the pen and having notebooks and volumes and volumes of rhymes to, like, write and to, to vent through. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm a little older. I don't do it as much, but, like, I still got books, but I don't do it as much as I used to. I spend more time, like, dealing with a, a eight-year-old kid or, like, working or, like, you know, drinking Jameson and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> I'm out here doing those type of things and pursuing that avenue of life in, in a different way. Even though I already did it as a younger man, you know what I'm saying? I just don't have the energy. So anyway, that used to be my vent. That used to be my outlet. And now I realize that, like, more and more, I'm starting to see this as my outlet. I'm starting to see this podcast thing as, like, my, my outlet to do it. And I like it a little bit more so than even, like, rap for that. Because I can be a little bit more succinct. I can be, I can be concise, like. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to put this shit in 16 bars. I'm going to give you this shit as long as I want. As long as you're going to listen. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it's going to work. So, you know, this whole entire thing, this is going to be an experience. This is going to be a different type of ride. And it has to be about something. And what it's about is, like I said, our mission statement. It's new creative DC and old historical creative DC seen through the eyes of a young black male, yo. It's like we out here. This is this is it. This is our podcast. This is what we see. Now we invite everybody else's perspective because that's what we want. That's who we want to talk to. You know what I'm saying? We want we want to hear from everybody that's out here. We want to hear from the ladies. We want to hear from the white dudes. We want to hear from the white ladies. We want to hear from the Latino community, men and women. We want to hear from the Ethiopian, Eritrean, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like, hey, this <laughs> that's my story, my nigga. <laughs> this is me. I was born in Washington Hospital Center in 1981. So, hey, you do the math. I've been out here for a minute. So, here it is. And, you know, I just want to thank, like I said, I want to thank everybody for listening to any episode of fucking Black Broadway. But if you listen to this one, fuck with me, man, because I'm serious. Like, I had to get this shit off my chest a little bit, man. There's a couple other things, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's a couple things. I do need to go into this shit, man. Like, when I see people out here talking about, like, you know, they got suggestions on this and suggestions on that. I'd be like, yo, that's cool and all of that. But I don't like suggestions as much as I like motherfucking full-blown actions. Like, all right, so... You told me you didn't know. You said on this podcast you ain't know about such and such and such. Yo, I listen to your shit. I like your shit. Let me tell you about such and such and such. I'll be like, oh, okay. I like that. Now, telling me what I should know or what I should do, not with none of that shit, man. So, like, there's a little bit of that going on. And I'll be like, come on, man. Like, we try to, we try to grow out here. We try to progress so like either you helping us grow or you not out or you out here you know 
not spreading love. And that's not even really a thing because that's only happened like once, maybe twice. But you know what I'm saying? The majority of the comments that I get, the majority of the talk that I get from people is love. And like, I appreciate anybody that's out in the streets just like showing this shit support. Because like, hey, I see you niggas at like all these little events that I be at, all these little parties and bars and da da da. You know what I'm saying? We know each other well socially, but. I want to change the dynamic of, like, those relationships because I feel like, you know, we all got productive professional or family lives or whatever that we lead outside of all of that shit. And, like, you know, that'd be our little fun time. That'd be our time to just do our shit. But, like, we deep out here. We heavy. Like, we keep we keep U Street going. We keep 8th Street going. We keep, you know, Largo or, or TGI Fridays on um friggin what, what's that 20 seconds street keep that shit going like that's a real cohesive community and there's power there like we can organize that shit and we can really do some shit so like i'm trying to kind of put that together let's let's work on that you know what i mean like so hey black broadway is a all-inclusive network it's much more than just a show it's much more than just like thought of something that's just kind of abstract. No, it's like a real organization. We about to get that 501C or something like the like the old NFL. Yo, we gotta do something. Because this shit is real. I want to be able to say I contributed something more than just talking it out my fucking neck. So, who cares? Like, let's do, let's do something for real. So, like, all that love and shit that, you know, we getting in the streets and all that, like, support, let's, let's all translate that into something serious, like, my role model with that is one of my favorite guests that I ever had on this show, my man, Mr. Tony Lewis, man, all love and respect to this guy, man, he keeps something positive going in the hood, and, like, keeps, um, an event, an actual physical forum where you have to show face, <laughs> Popping, and that is what's really good. Like once you start to build that coalition of people that you actually see them and you can touch them and you can have that network, then we can grow from there and we can get more people out to see and touch everybody, and it'll be it'll be lovely, man. I, I see it going that way. I feel like it's going up. You know what I'm saying? I'm really really proud of a lot of the things that's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I really do. I really do think that we're going to be able to take this thing a lot further than, you know, even we expected because the city is hungry for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like people keep telling me that. They're like, yo, the city wants this. Like they want somebody that's going to like kind of put, bridge that gap, bridge those communities. And that's all I ever really been good at. <laughs> and like, even in life, like, I could always bring the nerds over to the hood niggas and vice versa because it was just like, yo, I'm I'm straddling both of those worlds kind of, but not, you know, really being super accepted in either one of them. So I'm just kind of like in my own little fucking world. And that was cool too. Like you learn in life as life goes on that you it's all right being in your your own little space and in your own little identity but 
a part of your identity, if a part of your yourself is so inclined to want to, you know, serve your community and want to better the conditions of the cultural group you find yourself a part of, hey, we should all organize around that. Maybe we could do some fly shit together. Just maybe. And we don't all have to listen to the same fucking music. We don't all have to like fusion. We don't all have to like fucking wear the same dumbass expensive tennis shoes or whatever the fuck it is that we think makes people acceptable to, you know, our to join our groups. We don't have to all wear the same dashikis or have the same natural hairstylist at the same, you know, African-owned boutique. Like, just, you know, let's just put all our preconceived notions of what makes a real rider and a real person that's down for the cause away and let's get about making some shit happen, man. But like I say, yo, I could go on and on and on about all of that shit. And this is just having a chance to get some of it off my chest. And God, it feels good. I feel so much better. I'm asleep so fucking good. And I promise all the people, and this this is some personal shit right now, all the people that I'm supposed to reach out to and that, you know, I owe y'all some real talks and some real, you know, just real moments of my time, man, family and otherwise. Like, I'm, I'm on that, like, I know it's, I know it's, I'm in like a weird space right now where I'm not really talking to motherfuckers, so it's not even, I'm talk, not talking, I'm just not, <clears throat> I'm not that kill no more, I'm not that guy, I'm not, I'm not trying to waste no words, I'm not trying to waste no time, I'm not trying to waste none of the precious moments that we got out here in this life, man, like, again, ton of easy coats, my influence, like, my favorite author of the moment talks about like the fact that you know life is so precious and our lives are so fragile you know what I'm saying and that's a concept that's not lost on me I, I totally <laughs> feel that and totally understand that like but at the same time you can't function with fear which is another concept that's not lost on me you gotta jump out there I'm gonna end this like this yo this is really what pushed me to the points. So today, after I go get the microphone, all this, that, and third, right? I go down, panic, I go to thinking steps and shit, right? Sitting on the steps. On the field, right, there's some, some young dudes. They about like, you know, 21, 22, 23, whatever. They playing football. And I'm like, yo, man, I remember when me and my niggas used to play football this year. We used to just get the homies and be like, fuck it, nigga, I still smoke you out there on the, on the field, alright, cool, niggas ain't doing that right now, but, <laughs> but I remember we used to, so anyway, I'm seeing the dudes out there, they playing football, kind of watching the game, you know what I'm saying, one dude, he throw the ball out there, and there's a one guy, and I saw him jump out for it, and he didn't really like he didn't really want to jump all the way out to reach the ball he just kind of wanted to put himself out there just a little bit and he didn't catch the ball and I was like it's interesting because when we used to play nothing felt better to me than like laying out for a ball even though you knew you was going to get punished like you just 
It was just the feeling of just being in the air. Bang. Catch that ball. Then, all right, it's time to hit the ground. Oh, brace yourself for the fall. And I was just thinking how, man, that shit is wild. Because that's the state that more than I'm The station in life that I'm in right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to lay out. Like, ball coming. If you jump out there and you lay out, even though you know you're going to fall, you know there's going to be some consequences here. You don't pick my but you're probably going to catch the ball. And catch the ball. Reaching your goal is important in the context of the game. Hey, it may or may not be the determining factor in the game, but it's definitely important. It's definitely one that you should call. So, what you want to do? You want to lay out for the ball? You want to just jump out there just to tip it? Oh. Uh-huh.